You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post. Shanghai is China's mega city. It's got the most people, 25 million to be precise. To give you an idea of how big that is, if you're American, that's the entire population of Texas. And if you're Australian, that's your entire population. It's the city where companies like Apple, Amazon, Tesla, and Louis Vuitton base their operations in China. It also has the Lu Jiajui District, also known as China's Wall Street. For the past two years, it has been mostly free of COVID. There's been no mass testing or lockdowns like in other cities. But on Sunday, authorities in Shanghai reported a new record of COVID cases, three and a half thousand, almost double the number of the day before. Today, that number is six thousand new cases. The official response has been drastic. China has announced its biggest citywide lockdown since the COVID outbreak began more than two years ago. Now, where millions of people in Shanghai have been confined to their homes. Shanghai is being locked down in two stages over nine days. Public transport has been suspended, and mass testing has begun. China's megacity is now split in two. Half of the city is being locked down for four days for mass testing, and then the other half will do the same. Beijing's strict, dynamic zero COVID policy is facing a crucial test. Welcome to the Inside China podcast. My name is Holly Chaik. I'm a reporter for the China Desk at the South China Morning Post here in Hong Kong. Of course, I'm still working from home, just like my colleagues in Shanghai have been doing since Sunday. Hong Kong is still working through its own Omicron crisis, and that deserves its own podcast episode. But this week, the world is watching Shanghai. Can this massive two-stage lockdown stop the virus? And at what cost to China's economy and global supply chains? And that's where I'm taking you in this episode to see what's happening there. Let me help you visualize something about Shanghai. If you Google a picture of Shanghai, you normally see the classic photo of a river bend, with a bunch of skyscrapers on one side. That river is Huangpu River, and all those skyscrapers are on the Pudong side of the river. They went into lockdown on Sunday night. The other side of the river, the western side, we called Pusi. By the time you hear my voice, it will be their turn for a four-day lockdown. But no one really knows how long this will last. Let's go visit both sides of the river right now and find out what's happening. Denny Ren is our bureau chief in Shanghai. Welcome, Denny. Hi, hi, Holly. Denny, for many of our listeners, their mental image of Shanghai is the Wangpu River and those glistening skyscrapers on the Bun. Can you give us a sense of what Shanghai is like today? Now Shanghai is like you know two part of Shanghai. I'm staying at the eastern bank of Wangpu River. The place where、uh, the city imposed a lockdown. So on the eastern side of Wangpu River or Pudong, it is like a ghost town. You don't see people. You don't see cars on the streets. And today,、uh, they make the rules even more strict that people are not allowed to, you know, even walk inside their neighborhood. So it's getting more and more scary. But、uh, on the western side of Wang, from what I heard from my friends and my.、Uh, Relatives, my family members, 
they are trying to, you know, uh, step up more items, daily essentials, food and water, because from April 1st, they will go into lockdown. And there are also uh, rumors that Shanghai will uh, move the schedule earlier. That means they will probably uh, go into lockdown tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. So uh, the panic's Buying is happening there. Pudong is locked down for four days. It's the eastern side, your side, and then the western side of Pushi. Can you paint us a picture of what makes these two sides of Shanghai different? In terms of uh, economic scale, Pushi side is bigger. But in Pudong, people will know Lujiazui Finance and Trade Zone. This is doubled as the, the Wall Street of China. Usually, uh, we saw busy uh, scene. We saw people there. We saw strong consumer buying. They also have some, uh, you know, uh, top end commercial shopping areas. The Shanghai Stock Exchange is there, but now you, you don't see people. It's like a ghost town. Yeah, we've seen social media posts as well as your stories filed yesterday about panic shoppers stocking up on food before the lockdowns. Can you tell us what sorts of scenes have you witnessed and what did you hear from people? I didn't have a chance to, you know, take to the streets to see what really happened. But my uh, teammates in Shanghai uh, who live on the Western Bank uh, or Pushi side, they uh, uh, go to uh, the scenes to, you know, take some photos and, you know, uh, take some shots. Uh, what they saw is uh, panic buying and long queues. People spend uh, one or two hours to queue up for, you know, the food they want and someone end up with disappointment because uh, uh, all the food they chase were already sold out when they, you know, when it's their turn. In, in Pushi, there are also worries that, that those kind of panic buying or those kind of gatherings could increase the risk of uh, infections. People are scared. Daniel, I was interested in one of your interviewees, a woman in Pushi district who told you that I am spending without inhibitions today. What did she buy? Uh, <laughs> she bought everything. I think uh, there are two items I want to highlight. One is the food for pets, because uh, they don't know uh, how long the lockdown will last, how they can survive the lockdown if, it, if it's like a one week, two weeks. So they try to stock up everything. The other thing is, uh, particularly for elderly people with the chronic disease, they buy a lot of medicines. They stock up medicines or drugs for like two months just in case they were run out of the medicines that are the lifeline to them. Shanghai has mostly been sparred much of the impact of this pandemic. How big is the psychological impact of this lockdown on Shanghainese people when they've been told for so long that everything is under control? Yes, a good question. Uh, Shanghai people, even including me and my teammates, we are very, very disappointed. We had high expectation that Shanghai can put this outbreak under control in very short period of time. But, you know, after four weeks, the number of infections is still growing and there's no sign that it will, you know, uh, slowing down in near term. People are very worried. We are nervous. We are nervous. If this kind of die picture continue for like another one or two weeks, that will kill the economy. That will kill, you know, uh, thousands of small businesses. In Shanghai, there are major brands like Tesla, Amazon, and Pinduoduo with huge factories and offices. How are these being affected? They are hugely affected. Tesla has suspended production for twice in just one week because they, they don't have enough protective gear. They don't have enough auto parts to assemble their cars. Other companies also face the uh, supply chain problem. Lots of workers, laborers, 
are not allowed to uh, enter the uh, manufacturing sites. We, we can't give an exact number how much that could affect the economy, but definitely it's huge. Shanghai is also home to um, SMIC, the biggest chip maker in mainland China. Is there talk among your sources of how this will impact the supply chains, both through mainland China and overseas? Yes, SMIC is uh, one of the companies that we keep, keep a close watch. From what we know now is did not fully stop production. It, it is working under so-called closed-the-loop system. That means part of the workers are living inside the factories. Nobody else can enter and they keep production. But I think it is also affected. The, the production volume will definitely be much lower than the, than the normal days. We are still uh, keeping an eye on it. Talking about the closed loop management, is it true that staff are also sleeping on the floor of the Shanghai Stock Exchange? And well, as you said, Shanghai is also home to China's Wall Street. How is this affecting the flow of capital? That's the beauty of digital. At the Shanghai Stock Exchange, the trading is normal. They have done their best. Lots of you know uh, exchange technicians, uh, managers are staying at the exchange and some office buildings near the exchange, they, they kind of uh, keep low position because they, they don't want to comment on the outbreak, the, the virus outbreak. But I think lots of employees working under the closed-the-loop management system are sleeping on the floors. And I think many of them will enjoy their life because, you know, this is a rare experience as a one in life. But the problem is so when this can end and the economy can go back to its uh, routine. So here in Hong Kong, we get a live stream of press conference every day from our chief executive about the status on testing and COVID control policies. How are authorities in Shanghai communicating with the public about the lockdown policies? Shanghai has a government press conference every day since the beginning of March, but it's a kind of rigid process because they don't take some questions that are mostly interesting to uh, public. They also, you know, publish some uh, notice or statements on their, you know, uh, official websites and WeChat accounts. But uh, people are still worried that they are not telling the full picture. People are casting doubts on the number of infections. People are pushing them to give a clear word on whether a citywide lockdown will happen or not. People are worried about whether they have enough stock of food and vegetables to you know, deliver to them when they are cordoned off in their own neighborhoods. It's, it's not an easy job for Shanghai government, but uh, we certainly see a lot of you know, uh, conflicts between, between the citizens and the government. But uh, still a lot of people believe that when Shanghai, you know, find its, when Shanghai government finds its own form, it, it will, you know, uh, sort out the problem quickly. Obviously, the story is going to develop in the next few days and we will watch your coverage closely. Thank you very much, Danny. Thank you, Holly. Thomas Yao is our video journalist based in Shanghai, who has seen more than most of the pandemic in mainland China. If you've been following our pandemic podcast since January 2020, you might remember him as part of the reporting team sent from Hong Kong to Wuhan to cover the first outbreak of the coronavirus and what we now know as COVID-19. 
Last year, he returned to the Huanan seafood market on the anniversary of the outbreak in Wuhan, but now finds himself in Shanghai on the other side of the river to our colleague Denny Ren. Thomas has been out on the streets of Shanghai, and here's a bit of what that sounds like. Thomas, tell us what's happening here, and who are you talking to? I was uh, talking to a delivery worker uh, outside of supermarket. Uh, if you want to know, the name is called Aldi. So I think the European audience will know what it is. So I was talking to him. I, I asked him how much groceries he uh, was delivering these days. And surprisingly, he said not that many. But then he says some of the, his uh, customers has been hoarding supplies like buying 10 kilos of vegetables. And he questions uh, rationality behind such movement because, uh, you know, they are going to be rotten before you can finish them all. But then, you know, it just tells you the sense of anxiety in the air uh, in Shanghai these days after they announced uh, they will be locking down uh, this part of Shanghai. You've been in the markets and the supermarkets talking to people. What are you hearing from your side of the river on the western Pusi side of Shanghai? I think uh, what is interesting is uh, most people I'm talking to say they have absolute, if not absolute, then very high faith in the government's response uh, while they were waiting in line for two or even three hours to buy their share of potatoes and cabbage, which is quite surprising to me. But people are complaining that they cannot get their supplies. There are also people who ask me where they can get their fresh vegetables yesterday as I'm on the streets of Shanghai. And uh, one thing to note on what was interesting about that conversation outside the supermarket is that with all those people rushing in to get their groceries, uh, someone in the supermarket gets infected. So that supermarket uh, was, was closed yesterday because someone got, got infected. That sounds very much like the panic buying in Hong Kong that we saw. Thomas, what is the mood in those supermarkets in Shanghai? Daniel told us many people on the side of the river were stocking up for much longer than four days of lockdown. Is there a sense of fear or anxiety that you've been witnessing? There's high level of anxiety. Fear, there's some, but I think they are manageable. The mood that I have, that I witness in those supermarkets, uh, there's a certain kind of desperation. Uh, even though when you interview them, when you put them, might uh, in front of them, they will say to you, they will tell you, no, everything is okay, but you can sense that they are kind kind of desperate. And interestingly, they no one touches the steak. <laughs> yeah, they, they are still uh, they are still well stocked, but no one, I don't think anyone is interested in cooking steak uh, for dinner. Your side of the river was supposed to be locked down tomorrow. What's happening now, and what's supposed to be happening in the next few days? I think it's what I call a hard lockdown. You are not allowed to leave your apartment. Previously, you can still walk around in the park uh, near my apartment complex, but now you're not allowed to open your door, except for when you are getting tested. Thomas, so are you going to be confined in your room and? How long would that last? It's pretty much like I'll be confined to my apartment for uh, until the 5th of April, supposedly. And if, God forbid, there's a positive case, 
in this building, then uh, we are looking for another probably another week or so of lockdown on top of that. Shanghai has a very strong identity. What are the netizens saying? Is there a sense of humor about this, or are people angry? I think there's a a very a diverse range of emotions that are being displayed on the on the internet. Um, there are rappers who who wrote a song about the lockdown. Uh, there are people who categorize different vegetables uh, as like. Some vegetables are considered as like Elvis. Some of them are Kushi. Some of them are Hermes. You know things like that. But then there are also fear and anger. Fear about you know if I have a stroke right now, there's a good, very good chance that I'm gonna die because the ambulance won't be arriving in like twenty or even twenty minutes or even longer. There's also anger. For example, there was a nurse. Uh, who suffered an asthma attack and she died because uh, her the hospital that she was working for uh, the ER departments was shut down because of the pandemic and she died. So there's a wide, a very wide range of emotions being displayed in Shanghai. Shanghai has managed to avoid any major outbreaks for two years. What is the feeling of people you've spoken to about this? Does anyone remember the government declaring victory over the pandemic? I think uh, the the opinions are fairly divided. There is one side that says, you know, Shanghai should have locked down the city months ago, and they have been playing with fire, and this is how things didn't end well for them. But then there's also another side of the opinion is that Shanghai has been doing great and with a very high vaccination rate in China. And with Omicron being less severe than any other previous variants, this is what we should do, not just in Shanghai, but in the rest of China as well, because China cannot stay in lockdown forever. And they were saying that the lockdown has actually caused、um, more damages than the virus itself. So the opinions are very divided, and they. They don't really talk about you know they don't really talk about the moment that the government declare victory.、Uh, I think that's what I have been witnessing and hearing in Shanghai. Thomas, we've been watching your video reports from Shanghai in the last couple of days. We'll wait to see your next update. Thank you very much for your hard work. Thanks. Stay safe, everyone. As always, a reminder to you that all the latest updates on COVID policies, lockdowns, announcements, and news across mainland China, and of course the daily press conferences here in Hong Kong, are on the South China Morning Post website scmp.com, and follow us on Twitter at scmpnews. Before I go, let's hear a bit of that new rap song that Thomas mentioned. It was posted on Sunday when Shanghai went into its special half-and-half half lockdown. My name is Holly Chick, and here's a Shanghai rap crude called Cat One Two, featuring PJ and Kaso. Your quick Chinese lesson for today. <laughs> Means to grab veggies. And they're saying together we panic buy veggies and get tested, which frankly sounds a lot like what we're going through here in Hong Kong. Stay safe, stay socially distant, but stay in touch. Bye for now. 
，伸手把哥哥们抢不走。天天起来争执，迷真的吃不消。哪能白跟么多，踩上去马走到门口，刹那说句风筝了一个。